world, you cool cats and space cowboys. It's time for Cosmic Tea with your host, Avalon Starlight. Welcome, 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 magical humans. I'm super excited about today's guest because this is an actual personal relationship to me, somebody who I hold very, very dear to my heart. As empaths, healers, highly sensitive people, and those who work with divine uh, gifts, oftentimes we spend most of our time focusing our attentions on how other people feel, how they're seen, how they're appreciated. And for the first time in my life, this guest that I have today reflected back to me who I am at the very core of my being. She saw me, my brand, how I show up in the world. And she gave me confidence to go out and and share my message in a completely different way. And so I'm so deeply honored and grateful to introduce to you, Ricky Silzer, today on the podcast. Ricky, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you. It is such an honor. Um, I also just love everything about you. And you help me on so many different levels as well. Thank you. So I'm going to I'm going to describe what I think you do and then I want you to tell the listeners your version of what you do. So I see you as a catal- catalyst for transformation and change within a person. You do th- that through visual artistry mm-hmm. uh, by mirroring back like exactly who a person is on all of their energetic planes, like the physical plane, the etheric plane, the cosmic plane. Like you have a way of like finding the very essence of a soul and then giving a graphic to that person where like for me, I was like, oh my gosh, that, that is me. If I could have picked a design or a logo or something to represent myself, I didn't know what I wanted, but you, you are a mirror of the soul. So that's how I would describe and define you, but I would love to hear what you say (laughs) on your bio, if you were to describe yourself. Wow. That is um, quite a beautiful (laughs) rendition. (laughs) And and I may have to get you to do some copywriting for me. <laughs> Always. But, um, but um, honestly, uh, I've never seen myself in that way. I know I have these gifts, but um, you're the first person really to, besides one other, to really tell me how much impact I've I've had on your life with my graphic design. So it is a new feeling for me to embrace all you said. Um, It it has been challenging because I've been behind the scenes for 30 some years doing this and coming out from behind the scenes and showing the world this gift or gifts that I I have um, has been quite, quite, challenging uncomfortable (laughs) maybe (laughs) yes but that's what this is all about right let like allow us allow me to to work with you or a person and get them to show up authentically through their visuals and to do that I have to walk the talk as well Mm. right and a lot's going on (laughs) And I, I don't know if I answered your question correctly, but, um, or I kind of went on a tangent and that's well, all I good. Think, 
I think it's fair to say, like, I'm popping your podcast, Cherry. We can put that out there for everybody <laughs> here so that we can just take some tension off. This this is the first podcast you've been on. Is this true, Ricky? Yes. Yes. Very, very true. I've been invited before and they've all been canceled. Not by me, but others. So this is the right timing. And um, yeah, I'm a little on the on the nervous side, but I'm getting there. Which I'm just celebrating and appreciating because I think that one of the things that I want this podcast to help people understand is that we can do hard things, yes. right? That anytime yes. we get to a perimeter where we are about to expand or shift or grow into another iteration of ourselves, that our ego and we'll get a get hold of our brain and tell us all the reasons that things could go bad or why things are a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And can you share what happened a couple of days ago? Are you open to that? Oh, sure. hundred percent. I was in panic mode. Um, I, I reached out to you through messenger and I'm like, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. And um, I, I don't even really remember what I said to you, but it was just like, I'm freaking the F out. <laughs> yeah. And, and the message you sent me was, was, perfectly divine and it was the right message because it inspired me to reflect on past situations in my life that like I've challenged myself to go on live video and I blacked out and that's where a lot of this angst comes from I think is is having that repeat itself isn't that truth right yeah Do you know when the fear of the video actually started? Um, no, and I, I, I'm not sure because I was, I went to journalism school. I took pictures of everybody. I took pictures of me and it was a different kind of world then. Like everything was not on the internet and you could share things with people, the ones you wanted to share with. Right. And so I think growing up during that time, it's it's just that kind of mentality maybe that I have. And when the Internet became so big with social media and TikTokers dancing away, everybody wants their five minutes of fame. And, you know, it's great. It's great. I applaud them. But that's not me. I want um, intention in there. You know, like, say your words, be productive, just don't go on to go on. And yeah, yeah. So the video, I think for me, is quite fascinating, because I see like, and I'm I'm not bashing the Kardashians or, you know, (laughs) people like that, but reality TV and stuff when it started in, in the 90s, there was some great stuff in there, but come on, 25 years or however many seasons of the same old shit, but a different pile. I don't know if we could swear. But, you can. Absolutely. Um, but that just, uh, I see, and I see a lot how culture influences like youngsters and, and all how it transcribes into the world today. Um, I think because I've reflected on so much in my life, like I've had, I could see three distinct areas of growth in my life throughout 
Like today's my birthday. I'm 54. <gasps> I'm a crown. I'm a crone. I'm a crone. Yay, and I'm proud of it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I, I wanted the energy of the birthday portal around me today because um, I feel it, it will help me get through this as well. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a, a significant thing to talk about is the impact that these, you know, very intense, chaotic, dramatic, over the top lifestyles have on the youth of today and how it impacts how they feel about themselves and how they show up in a relationship or the expectation that they have of their lives and the world around them. So mm-hmm. I deeply honor that because I think that what you do with your work is the polar opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel that I really dig deep. I, I'm not shallow. Mm-hmm. I want you and me to show up a hundred percent all the time in our true selves. And that will garner the right people following you. It will gather your your tribe if you want to say it that way it you'll have the right people following you if you know like in my mind social media can be a great thing it's how it's used just like anything else in the world right sure yeah So in the surface we'll just say that you are a graphic designer like that would be like how normal people would just define what it is yes. that you do, right? Those muggles. <laughs> Those muggles. I was going to watch, I just finished Wednesday. Um, or no, it was. A, it's a book that I'm reading, uh, Carry On. Um, and Carry On is a book, it's a young adult fantasy book. And they call normies, those who are non so whether a, mu- a muggle or a normie, um, <laughs> right? That yeah. they would see you as a graphic designer, yes. right? So I'm going to kind of lead into where that began for you and how you've evolved into what you do now and and the spiritual impact that you use in order to create what you actually do, because it has an entity that you create, like it's alive what you create. But I want to know from the very beginning, what, what got you into graphic designing or creating visual representation of things in the first place? Ooh. This is juicy. It might go take you down a little rabbit hole here. Um, I lived or I grew up in a small town in Canada, in the northern part of Canada. And it's like called Yellowknife. Yellowknife. The north. Yeah. The north. What province is this? Because everybody understands the provinces. Yeah. Northwest Territories. So, like, I just need everybody to understand that if you look at, like, the provinces that go across, like, di- like diagonally across Canada, there's these two upper ones that sit at the very, very top that not a lot of people talk about. So, they, like, when you think of Canada A and the, like, snows that never end and the darkest of days, we're talking about where you're from, Ricky. Yes. I wasn't born up there, but, I I mean, essentially grade 1 to 12. And, and... It was the, uh, you know, the epitome of my teenage, well, I I wouldn't say it's epitome, but I think certain people love certain uh, age brackets and, and the decades that they were in, right? And mine was the 80s when I was uh, a angry punk. 
uh, you know, jocks and, and bullies and all that. I mean, we still have them, right? But just different. Um, and I was trying to make a social stance. And there was five of us in a town of 19,000 or a city of 19,000 plus a little bit. And uh, yeah, that that was like my creativity coming out. And I've always been creative. Like from a young age, I've been drawing and and entering art contests and winning art contests and and uh, yeah. So, there so were five so, of you that were punks. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Interesting times. <laughs> But, you know, I I reflect back on a lot of the lessons I learned during that time. And, um, you know, one of it was was judgment of uh, that people put on on other people for the way they look. And I was trying to create a, a persona to protect me. And I realize that now it was a very harsh exterior, but I loved it. It was fun. I worked in a hair salon. I was able to do um, hair colors, like, and I was one of the weird ones. Like, I won the weirdest dresser award in high school. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I loved it too. But um, yeah, I, I didn't real, realize how impactful I was at that point. And that's the thing: we don't realize half the time how impactful we are on on other people's lives. Um, but anyways, let me digress and go back to your question. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I loved writing. I loved creating art. And in grade 12, I went to the guidance counselor because I didn't know what I really wanted to do. I wanted to go to art school. My dad said, hell no, I'm not paying for you to be a starving artist. And so I, I went to the guidance counselor and I said, well, I don't know what I can do. And he said, you can't do anything. And I was hurt, extremely hurt. Um, they, he wouldn't give me the time of day uh, or explain how university works or anything like that. So I did my research and finally decided upon journalism school. And that was in Calgary. And I went there and the population of campus was the same as my hometown. Oh my gosh. And interesting enough, like I went down there with the punk hair and everything. I thought that, that it would be more accepted, but it wasn't. Um, and the teachers were really, Mm, there, yeah, choice words there, but still another learning experience. And that was during the year of the 1987 Olympics. So we were in residence for uh, the first part of 1987. And then the winter came with the Winter Olympics, of course, and we had to relocate to a different apartment. And then when I went back to residence I was asked to leave what yeah I partied too much <laughs> I, I was not the ideal student and most of my grades were suffering right um because I just struggled so much in 
who I thought I knew who I was, but going into this, this different culture and, and experiencing life on your own the first time and being able to like really go out and drink and have fun. I think everybody should do that. I agree. (laughs) Really? And you know what? Being asked to leave, that was the best thing. Because it forced me, or or force is not the right word, but it allowed me to, like, go back home. And at first, my tail was between my legs. You know, a little shamed. And, you know, I dealt with that. But I found a job at the newspaper. And that was in uh, the ad department. So I was doing the old pay stop. And I absolutely loved it. Fast forward uh, a year later, I I tried journalism school again. Uh, I saved enough money. I was accepted into the same school again. I got better marks. I was older, wiser. Not much, but... (laughs) And finally, when I got into the second semester, what happened was there was a graphics program. And my marks in that absolutely soared. Like, it was like, I had no idea there was such a world. There, it was like, like, the heavens opened up. (laughs) And... I called my dad up later, um, probably in the in the third semester, and I said, I have to switch majors. I have to. Journalism is not me because I cannot go chase an ambulance and take photos of hurt people. Um, I would fake the photos, actually, me and my roommate. Um, I would hire her to go because they were black and white photos for newsprint. I would hire her to go lie under a car, a parked car, and I would squirt ketchup on her <laughs> because I couldn't. I couldn't do that other stuff. I felt everything. I'm like, what about those families? What about this? Like it. It just that. That to me was devastating, and I knew I was extremely emotional. So the, did you know you were an empath at that point or that you were sensitive? That did that, like, it's so funny. I didn't no. learn those words until I was in my thirties and it made sense, but yeah. clearly you were empathic and, and picking up on everybody else's energy. Yeah. And interesting enough, during these, these uh, expansive times of growing up, um, like in my younger, I'd say probably about 10, I saw my first ghost and at but when I was back in Yellowknife, between that break of school times, I was dating an older guy and we were camping. And uh, I was, my parents had a dog team. And that's what I'm saying. When you think of Canada, Yellowknife is what you're going to think. And like, this yeah, is like, yeah exactly. Um, and we were camping. My parents were on holidays. It was my responsibility to go back into town and feed all the dogs. And so that night I, we went to bed and I was like, okay, good, good, good. I had a dream that kept waking me up and I'm like, what is going on? And I didn't understand it. 
So the next morning I get into the vehicle to go, go back into town. And that point it, you didn't have to wear seatbelts, but I, I felt I had to put my seatbelt on. So I did. And being the non-experienced driver that I can be, say I am now, um, I hit, it was a gravel road and I hit a soft shoulder and I rolled the vehicle and my head was probably like a boulder smashed through the driver's side window. And my head was probably about three inches from it. And I was extremely lucky, but I had guidance and I, I've had premonitory uh, dreams all my life and never understood it. But that was the one that was the biggest explosion in my brain. That kind of anchored it in that there was something that was guiding and supporting you. And how old were yes. you, Nikki? Uh, 19. 19. So you started, yeah. like, were you aware at that point that divine intervention was happening? Like, I didn't know what to call it, but I knew there was something going on. Yes. Imagine. Yeah. Um, I thought I was just kind of a weirdo, <laughs> you know, like, um, I mean, I started at that point, I started like going right into the tarot cards and the, you know, numerology, astrology, anything I could get my hands on for books and, and knowledge. Um, yeah, it was interesting because when I went back this for the second time in journalism school, I, I did go on on expeditions and meet people and interview people <laughs> um the funniest thing in the in the news collecting class we were supposed to write certain groups to get information about their groups to see if they would mail us all that stuff my um idea was the satanic church I wanted more information because they don't advertise a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's true. They're not in the newspaper that I've ever seen. Yeah. So, you know, curious minds want to know. Every other church does it. Why don't you guys? So, um, <laughs> my I brought in the, the letter that and my teacher read it out in class. They sent me a membership form. That's amazing. Never, never filled it out. Just so you know, but you know what? Religion is religion. And if you want to follow whatever, you know, I'm good with that. But it, it's, it's not something for me. You know, the, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so, I think that there's, there's, I could go on a little rant here, but I won't about misperceptions about different religions as well, because I have a child who loves the dark arts and Baphomet and all the uh -huh. angels and works with them and studies them. And they're actually quite light filled when you can see beyond the stigma of them. So not that my child goes to the satan like a satanic church. However, the work with demons doesn't have to be dark. That's all I'm That's saying. Right. Yes. Right? yes um, exactly. It's how we how we work with these energies that really allows us to like be in a creative relationship with them. Um, so I'm curious now because this seems to be the point where your spirituality kind of kicked in, like at a higher level, right? And now you've kind of found your calling, which is the graphic design, mm -hmm. and 
At what point in you being a graphic designer, did you understand that merging the two would be something really amazing? Okay, so um, interesting enough, I dropped a lot of my spirituality in my late 20s. I met my ex-husband at that point. We got married, we had a baby, and life took over. Then um, after maternity leave, we we moved back up to Yellowknife, my husband and I, um, and I was working. I got a job at this amazing place that I always wanted to work because it was so fun. It had a, had the printing presses. It had the design department and um, just the work that that came out of there was so beautiful in my mind. There was corporate stuff there was fun stuff there was everything and uh so that i started there in 2002 and i think it was about 2003 or 4 i had a dream another dream that about a calendar a self promotion promotion calendar for this business that i worked for and i went to my boss the next day and i said can i talk to you i had this kind of vision if you want to say and she listened and she's like that's bizarre but I like it and so we moved forward with it and it was stunning and everybody loved it they could it was a collector's item it became that um so that that showed me a little I'm getting kind of energy here (laughs) um that showed me what kind of gift i had that these these dreams are telling me something and that's when i start working and and listening more to my dreams i would practice saying an an intention at at night this is what i'm going to dream about and i would and yeah, I've always been fascinated with dreams too. And it's weird that I never found the right book to explain it to me. I'm like, yeah, I know that already. I, I've, I've tried that. <clears throat> I've done it. But I think it's because everybody is so individualized um, that not one person can explain how to do what I do or do what they do. Well, either dream walk or receive the vision or the information or communicate with whatever divine being you communicate with. I felt this way when I downloaded that I could read chakras. I used to get told by previous coaches, they would say, oh, you need to teach your process. You need Mm -hmm. to teach how you read chakras. And I said, but I can't. And they said, why? Because I said, I don't believe that we all read chakras the same way. I believe that we read or we receive our information based on who we're here to support, who we're here to guide, right? So my community, the people that I'm here to serve, they require the information the way that I receive it for them. But for me to teach it, that's trying to fit a circle into a square for the most of the population, right? Because their information and the way they receive it should and is different than anything else that I do. So I'm mm-hmm. with you on that one yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah. So what ended up happening was um, I moved to Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. That's where I'm at now in 2007. And at that point, I'm divorced or well, separated. And, uh, 
I came here for a job. I had the jobs, everything. Two weeks later, I was let go. Oh, wow. And I was in shock. I've never been let go or fired in my lifetime. I've always done the leaving. And and I'm like, okay, well, um, it was a blessing because I did not agree with with how this business operated. It felt so wrong for me. And I would probably quit within a month anyways. So it was perfect. And there, then I found a program through the government, the provincial and federal government, that allowed me to take a course, learn about business, and launch a business. So January 2008, I, I launched my first business. And it was called Fire Monkey Design Studio. And I had that come through me in a dream. I'm a fire sign in, in Western astrology, and I'm a monkey in Chinese astrology. And I blended the two together. It just it felt right. So I did that. And I had that business for about five years. And the first year, it was amazing. I, I did amazing work. But towards the end, I was burning myself out. I didn't know at that point that I was in human design, a projector, a mental projector. And um, we're very different <laughs> than most. We're, we're not the kind of people that have the, the motors to um, keep going. And so I wasn't doing self-care. I wasn't doing all that stuff that I know now. And I, I really hurt myself badly. So I had to learn all about this stuff all over again. And it was probably, a um, well, I went through depression after shutting down that because it was a grieving period. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to go in that. So 2008 to, to 2013, I still did graphic design after that, but I was lost. Mm -hmm. It felt not solid. I would, I would, I called it freelancing, not much in there for freelancing. It was corporate. I did, um, I've done hardcover books, everything. I, I work with, uh, theater companies, musicians, you name it. I've done it. I haven't done a music album though, like mm. a rock and roll one. I've done a, a folk person, like artist, but I want like, yes. <laughs> or Black Sabbath, you know, come to me. <laughs> but um, then it was uh, around 2016, 17. Everything just came whooshing in and a, a huge awakening that I have this gift. I need to you start harnessing it. Yeah. How would you define your gift now, now that it's been like five years since that awakening? Um, there's ups and downs still, like I haven't harnessed it fully and I'm still learning how, but I do have systems that I, I have in place. Like for, for instance, when I create your brand or anybody's brand, um, that first meeting I have with you on a Zoom call, you don't have to say yes or no, but I'm taking it everything I can to understand 
um, who you are on that cellular level. If, if that makes sense. Um, Can I ask a question about that? So sure. when you say you're taking everything in, does that mean that you're taking in emotions? Are you getting visuals? Are you getting like imprints? Are you like, what is it that you're taking in? Because this mm. is the part where I get really excited because I love to hear how other people's gifts work for them. Okay. So it's interesting because as I talk to someone, I get visuals. Like they're right there in my Ajna. Like, Bing, bing, bing. It, it's it's like oh i gotta write that down and like even this one client uh her name's celeste um we had this talk i was in a course with her but she's she said i'm i'm thinking of rebranding and uh she just had to say say that to activate me i had a dream that night and i went back to her the next day because she wasn't sure about me at that point, and I said, Celeste, I'm okay if you go somewhere else, really, truly, but I had a dream, and I'd like to kind of, like, play with this if you're good with it, and and I could do that as a projector because I knew her. Right. And, um, but typically, I have to be invited. So I work through referrals mostly, and um people seeing me and asking questions and inviting me into their world and then the invitation i give is we meet on zoom and we talk and it could be anything just like this podcast about anything in life or about your business what excites you and visuals start coming up but i also hear i'll ask certain questions depending on the person i don't have a set question so that's interesting too. And I do ask mostly like um not mostly but sometimes about their business and what it means to them because really the business is an extension of your uh embodiment of yourself, right? Or your own soul or it's how you want to be seen and how you want to help people because I think um working with spiritual uh clients is one of the biggest things that I or greatest things I've decided to do versus corporate because that just killed me <laughs> yeah it was oh do I have to do that again it's so tedious I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people listening who can appreciate that statement especially if they're in their awakening going through something <coughs> coming into their gifts, starting to trust themselves. So did you always, always, always trust your dreams? Like whatever you received in the dreams, was it just something that you were innately knew as being absolute? Yes. Yeah. And so I'm going to talk about it from my perspective for a quick second, Ricky, because what you did for me, like when we decided to work together, I knew that you were going to create something for me. I didn't really know what was going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So I... As a, you know, human being on the planet who I was like, great, I'm getting new branding from Ricky. It's going to be amazing. And so my first thought was like, great, where's my colors and what's my fonts, right? What are my colors and what's my fonts? And you looked at me and you said that those don't matter until we know how your business feels. And as an empath, it really impacted me because I was like, it's true. The colors and the fonts are amazing, but how do I want my brand to feel that, that as an empath is like the ultimate thing to say. Right. Mm. And then 
I will, I'll have you describe your process. And then four weeks later, I got this booklet and I'm, I, guys, I cannot explain to you what it felt like. There was 44 pages about my, the idiom, like the idiomology of my name, uh, both my, my, my spirit given name, my birth name, you did my human design, my numerology, my Olgum numbers, uh, like what, what symbols and, like everything that you could collect that was a representation of me and my spirit and my soul. And all of a sudden it was there in 44 pages. And from there you created my logo based on all of this information. And that's what I meant by at the beginning of this podcast, when I said, I have never felt more seen in my life. It was like a reflection of everything I didn't know that I needed to know about myself. And Mm -hmm. Seeing those 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 logos that you had created, they weren't logos anymore, right? Mm-hmm. They were like extensions of me. Once I didn't even know I needed till I had them, and then I was like, oh my goodness, there's no way that I don't want everybody to experience what it is that that I just received. Meaning my my brand, like I wanted everybody to see my brand, feel my brand, connect with my brand because it just felt so authentic to me. Mm-hmm. So that was the outcome that I received received, right? So now I use everything that you create and everything that I do. But from that point where you get that yes to we receive these booklets, what's that process look like for you? Oh, I'm so excited about everything. Like I just, I love um, deep diving into family history, like your names, uh, like, like your last, your like actual birth name was fascinating with the history because it goes back to Welsh and, and I believe yours had the, the um, royalty. Yes. Well, and it was what really got me with that you had put in there was that I was told my name was Avalon Starlight because I feel so connected to the mystic Isle of Avalon that my history is there, that I was a portal there, that I have been a priestess there. And somehow you found from my birth name that one of my ancestors was a priest um, in a church at the tour, which is in Avalon, right? Like he was, he was like a druidic priest. He had to have been to been in the tour, but he was at the tour. And I was like, how, what, how did I not know this? How did this information not? So it kind of connected many dots for me in terms yes. of my own personal history and why I am the way I am and how I am the way that I am. Yes. So, I mean, it, it just fascinates me because we're all on this earth given our names for a purpose, for a reason. Like my actual birth name is Erica. And I know in English that means Heather. But that's all I've done for myself because my last name is very difficult to find information on. Uh, But there's other ways I can manipulate what I do to like do my own symbol, but my symbol that I use for myself feels right for me. So I do have different processes, but with you, for instance, or clients that want this, this, this sigil or signet um, that I create, it really is a process that I absolutely love a hundred percent. I'm not a specialist in 
in any of the modalities. It's just the love of research and tying the threads of your life together and seeing it from, instead of seeing it uh, with the blinders on or, or as a regular designer would like giving, giving us, getting a scope of what, what the project is. I'm taking everything that you are and creating the scope and, and working from the, the visuals that come from what your life tells me so, and building from there. And does the, does dreaming come into that sometimes? Like, do you get most of the time, most of the time of yeah. like how to tie all of the pieces? Cause I mean, if you're looking at somebody's human design, their gene keys, their like numerology, like that's a lot of information. So I can, I like, I would almost think it would be confusing. However, if you have the dreams to kind of pull the, the core pieces together. Yeah. So, so for instance, with your numerology and um, astrology, there was a common thread of numbers and numbers mean things, right? You've got angel numbers, you've got Pythagoras theory. I don't know if I said his name right. Um, And I have an absolute love with sacred geometry, which ties in everything from from i think the existence of earth or the universe you know like there's so much out there that people don't understand or we want to understand and i used like you said you were always attracted to the mercurba but you didn't know why and it's actually written in your book now it it's there is a, a tie to everything in your life that is driven by the Merkurba. Yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just came to me that it was important to me and I didn't know why until I saw it in my book. So how does the dreaming tie it all together for you? Okay, so um, for instance, the, the client Celeste, I, I didn't expect to do, a, a, I called them sacred sigils at that time. I've shifted it now to signet because sigil just doesn't feel right, but anybody could call them whatever they want. <laughs> you know, like it's just my I terminology. I call them my shield. So yes. I know yes. that because it's like your family shield. So mine is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's great because shields are protective as well. You know, like, yeah, it could be a brand. It could be a shield. It could be anything you want it to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so dreaming, like with Celeste, I didn't, I had the dream and I w- hadn't developed this, this method at that point. I was using my old working processes for that. Um, so I just followed the dream completely with that image. And since developing this method, what I've done is I just go to bed with intentions. I speak them out and, or, or journal. And I ask for extra guidance on the image or what what images or icons do I take from your history, what I've learned of you, and what I ask for the guidance on what to use. And when I put them together, like, for instance, your Makurba, I don't use that per se in the artwork or in your brand, 
I use it as a as almost like ley lines. It's a grid pattern that I'm following behind the scenes. So it's just an infusion. And because, I mean, honestly, everybody has sacred geometry out there. This is your own. This is your own. So true. Yes. So I've got two questions for you. One being, if somebody is coming into being a dream empath, right? Like they have, they they just start starting to like tune into their dreams and receive information in their dreams. Do you have any guidance or support for them or something to say that would help them kind of like trust what they're receiving a little bit more or open up to what they're receiving a little more? Like, is there anything you would say? Ooh, that's a juicy one. <laughs> I think... Um, you know, if, if they can understand what running it through their system means, like for me, when I have a dream and I know there it's true, I just know it's true. But if I feel there's a, a tinge of like, okay, something's not, something's off here. I'll run it through and just feel if it feels true. And I think that will take some um, learning on on people, like for people. It's not a typical sense that a muggle <laughs> would would you know carry with them on a daily basis, right? But a lot do because they say go with your gut feeling. Um, so you can use that terminology to kind of like feel into it. But there is, I feel, a stronger sense once you develop that. Once you can run through your system and and receive if that it's like, if it's true for you or not true for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But honestly, I, I, I feel that a word of wisdom is allow yourself grace and believe the information that you're getting for is coming to you for a reason. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And then people are listening to you on your first podcast and they're feeling connected because it's not the words we say. It is just simply the vibration of the right person being in the right space at the right time. Listening to you, you're giving them courage. You are giving them, you know, the ability to get through their fears, Ricky. So I honor that on your birthday. Uh, And they're listening to this and they're like, she does what now? She like creates (laughs) this like really potent manifestation in a physical form of the very core of my being that I can share with the world with such authentic, like mm, attunement and alignment, where would people go to find out more about you and creating a sacred signet for themselves? I simply have a website um, and you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. What is that? (laughs) Okay. So everything I do is under rise frequency. So my website is risefrequency.com and that name came to me in a dream too. <laughs> and um and on Facebook I'm under Ricky Silzer. Um R I K I S I L Z E R. Uh and then I do have Rise Frequency graphic design or intuitive graphic design on Facebook as well. And on Instagram it's just Rise Frequency. Yeah. Which is amazing. Like you truly are a very gifted um, channel for divine like information to flow through. And I am just so, so grateful that spirit was like, you two must 
smash together to create these these wonderful experiences together. And so let me just say I'm super proud of you for coming on, even though you were scared on your birthday, using this high vibrational energy to share your message, because I think it's really important for you to step out of the shadow and into the light and really be seen um, for these catalytic experiences and transformational moments that you offer people through the lens of the, a brand, right? Like I know that the the verbiage is brand branding, but really, Ricky, you do so much more than that. Like mm-hmm. I just, I, I want to bring that to the light. Thank you. I really want to shift the the whole um, uh, world up. In, in this, in my industry, I, I'd like to be able to share my gifts with others so they can learn. Um, I, I don't know if teach how to do my, my stuff. Cause it's just natural for me. I I'm a six, two in human design and I'm learning so much about that where um, I am supposed to teach, but things just come natural to me and I don't know how to explain them. You know, so that's going to be a process. Um, this podcast can be the first step towards that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot to do in the world, I think, for everybody. Marketing, I'd like to see shift. Uh, you know, let, let's just be truthful and intentional and and create a better world. Yeah. I love that. And I think that that is a very powerful way to end today's podcast. And if you are feeling inclined to just check up on rise frequency, I would do so because if you get the sensations or feelings in your body, that there is an aligned like connection, I always say, at least be curious about those things and, and connect in with yourself as like Ricky had said, run it through your system. And if you feel a vibrational, yes, there's no harm in looking. And I cannot wait to tune in again in the next episode to share even more magic with you all. Have a wonderful day.